from savannahnow.com, this is the Commute Podcast. On this episode, the debate over the Savannah Civic Center's future is building. The M Market Arena opened a month ago, giving Savannah a new home for sports and entertainment events and allowing for new visions for the Civic Center seven-acre site, which is located right in the heart of the historic district. Journalist Will Peebles, who recently co-authored a project looking at options for the Civic Center's future, joins the Commute Podcast. Welcome to the Commute Podcast presented by National Office Systems. I'm Adam Van Brimmer, opinion editor at the Savannah Morning News and the host of this twice-weekly podcast focused on news and happenings in and around Savannah. Today, we dive into the Savannah Civic Center's future. We recently published a five-story package looking into what's next for the Civic Center now that the M-Market Arena is open and, and fabulous, by the way. Anyway, journalists Will Peebles and Zoe Nicholson wrote the five pieces for the package on the Civic Center's feature, and Peebles joins today's commute to recap the takeaways from that work. That interview is coming up right after this ad read for the commute's presenting sponsor, National Office Systems. I am sitting in the office today, surrounded by National Office Systems work, and I must say I'm feeling both comfortable and productive. No, really, it's not just, I am reading, but it's not just, it's not just copy, I mean it. Owner Scott Center and his team are Savannah's experts in office design and outfitting. They work with top quality suppliers such as Dirt Modular Interiors and Herman Miller Office Furniture to create great workspaces. Learn more by visiting www.natoffsys.com. That's www.natoffsys.com. Now to the interview with Will Peebles. Pleased to be joined on the commute today by journalist Will Peebles, who is our enterprise reporter here at Savannah Morning News and also covers politics, which has been all-consuming for him lately, but somewhere in the middle, he found the opportunity to work on a project regarding the Civic Center site's future. And Will, this is something that we first discussed uh, late last year, and as these ten things tend to do, it kind of takes a little bit of a, a while. and the, obvious question and I have heard this from folks who have have looked at this project over the last week or so that it's been up is why are you writing it and why are you writing it now the easy answer to that is yeah Mark and Reno opened right Um, as you started to dig into it and started to talk to some sources were you kind of getting the same reaction or were you kind of getting the feeling of this is something that people are really interested in and then they were looking for any excuse to talk about uh, I think my answer to that's a, a little biased just because, of course, I'm reaching out to the people who have interest in it because mm-hmm. I'm writing about it, right? Uh, yeah, we really tried to get out ahead of this one just kind of almost as an anticipatory thing where we're looking at, we know this decision's coming, we know this is going to happen, and we know that essentially it's two pretty entirely different councils that are we making the decision on on it based on instead of the decision made in 2018. It's, it's a new choice now, um, and it's coming like right like it's coming this is a huge part of uh the very middle of downtown in the civic center and the fate of it could really determine uh, a lot of things about savannah's future you know like this is this is it's right there where the overpass is where there there's talk of getting rid of that again you know and there's right there um meant to be a kind of a, a gateway to the west side where the new arena is so it might like yes this building was built in the 70s the civic center but um it's purpose uh, now is just as important 
to the future of Savannah as it is, as it was then, if that makes sense. You know, like the fate of this building is going to determine a lot of the landscape of downtown Savannah. Right. And I think you make a great point in the, in the point about the two councils, because uh, those of us that have been around a couple of years know that this was pretty much a done deal in 2018 when they purpose, they purposely designed the M Market Arena to replace everything that goes on at the Civic Center. And then, of course, the city council hires Urban Land Institute to come in, make an assessment, make recommendations on what should be done with the site. Uh, Urban Land Institute raise the thing. You don't you don't need it anymore. Put back the square, redevelop the site, put it back in private hands so you can generate tax revenue. The council at that time voted unanimously. How often do you have unanimous votes on anything, even with the last city council? Uh, of course, the last city council involved two of the current council members, Mayor Johnson and Alderwoman Shabazz, but the rest of the council has has swapped out. Uh, of course, we got a different city manager, different city uh, priorities at this point. We've seen the economy change a little bit over that time. But we're still talking about a brief period of time, right? Four years. Yeah. When you started digging around and started to see that, and I, to be fair, in 2018, there was a very small, not very vocal group that said, hey, whatever we do, let's consider keeping the Mercer. So that should not come completely out of left field to anybody. But at the same time, to hear it at the volume and with the conviction that we're hearing it now is somewhat unusual. As you talk to folks, um, what was your take on kind of the, the fervor for, for keeping the Mercer? Yeah, I thought it was interesting because people took a lot of different approaches to um, kind of exalting that value of the Mercer, you know, like we're in the Civic Center as a whole in a lot of cases, you know, like, yes, the Mercer is a mid-sized performance space with 2,000 seats, and that's something that we don't really have anywhere else uh, in the downtown area. You know, we've got the smaller theaters, uh, the Lucas, Trustees, um, and those are those are not those are good theaters, beautiful and everything, but they're like a thousand, twelve hundred, I think, for the Lucas, something like that. Whereas the arena is this huge, giant uh, space with like a seven thousand, nine thousand seats, something like that. 9, I, I, I don't remember configured a little smaller, but yes, even if it's configured smaller, it's still cavernous. Right? That's true. Yeah, that is a good point. You can make the arena smaller, but um, yeah, and, and that is the value uh, that that was pointed to me initially right like it's it's these acts that always any act that comes to savannah they want to sell out they want the entire show sold out they don't want any empty seats in there um just because it make it literally makes it worth the cost of the trip right to get that that's their goal that's what they're looking to do um and to do that at an arena with that many seats in it it's a little harder to do than uh you know a mid-sized space like the mercer with 2000 seats in it so um the diversity of acts was one thing that was proposed to me but also just like the cultural community part that is the civic center the the civic center has been this it served a lot of purposes right uh, i wrote in the story you know it's been it's the base for hurricane evacuations when folks go out of the way to evacuate the buses come and they ship them out when a hurricane's coming um, the city council uh, does their inauguration there. Police do badge pinning ceremonies there. Um, I, I literally ha had a COVID test there at one point last right. year. I think you and I have talked on the phone while you were in there with But like, um, you know, it, it serves a lot of those purposes. Um, and that's, that's another part of what they're looking to do. Uh, and we'll come back to this later, but city office space is actually something that I've heard proposed in there. Savannah's looking for places to put their city workers at this point, and the Civic Center is a pretty well vacant building that has a lot of space to be used. So, um, and we, like I said, we'll come back 
especially when we talk about Charleston and the Gay Art Center, which is another component of this, uh, because they also built office space into their um, renovated uh, the Charleston Johnny Mercer, if you will. So let's let's kind of segue that direction now. And and one thing that for folks that didn't see the package, it, it was the the project was five stories. And as we figured out how to cover this, because we could have just written one giant story and covered all the bases, but what we decided to do was kind of trickle it out and make each story have its own focal point. So we had the the initial story, which basically laid everything out, refreshed everybody's memory. This is this is what's happened. This is where it is. Uh, and then from there, we got into the debate, right? So the debate was the case to keep it, or at least keep the Mercer side of it, versus the case to demolish it, and then give the reasons. I mean, the case to demolish it was laid out pretty well by the Orlando Institute. We were able to revisit some of that. Kind of the case to keep it uh, was really look at the, the proponents of the Mercer and what it means there. So you had the, the main bar overarching, and then you had two cases and then below that we decided okay we need to find a great way to illustrate and to draw parallels to where this has worked elsewhere and the case to demolish it we decided to settle on something local which is ellis square uh, there are some of us that you right across the street from ellis square when the building was down there and the building was a parking garage and what has it meant for savannah uh, i think the ellis square was finished in 2010 what has it meant for Savannah and particularly those blocks around it to have Ellis Square restored? So that helped kind of uh, give context to the whole discussion of the case to demolish the Civic Center and put the square back. Um, the piece to keep, or I'm sorry, yeah, the, the case to preserve the Johnny Mercer Theater, we started looking around and we landed on the center in Charleston which was a very much the same position that the Mercer was in. It was, it was an old building built in the 60s and the 70s. Uh, Charleston built forming arts centers. The, the question became, okay, what do we do with the Galliard Center? We sent you up there for the day. You got to tour around with the legendary Mayor Joe Riley. Uh, can you kind of pick it up from here and what they did in Charleston and, and what, that, what the parallels are to the Mercer? For sure, yeah. So uh, in Charleston, uh, I went up. I went up one one Friday and uh, just got a nice tour of the building uh, with uh, some folks up there, and it was wonderful. It was a really cool experience, um, and they really broke down the history of it. So uh, to to kind of compact it all into one, um, in 2010, Charleston was looking to get a new mid-sized performance space. Uh, they had just built the TD Arena, and it's you know, just like we had, right? It's pretty similar to our situation, hockey, basketball, everything, sorry, kick my desk there, everything in the, the arena, it, you know, it's it's serving the same purpose, made to serve the same purpose as the end market arena here. Um, but they were looking for a mid-sized performance space. And as they looked around, for one, they were thinking about building it somewhere, they were thinking about tearing down the old Gay Art Center and rebuilding it. But uh, because there were some city zoning ordinances and differences in floodplain uh, things, very nerdy city stuff, um, they couldn't, essentially they couldn't build it because of the rules that changed since they first built it back in the day. Um, and it looked a lot like the Civic Center then. It's uh, the modern art architecture kind of uh, of the 70s. It's just, I forget the technical term and I, I hate that I have. Ugly is a technical term. <laughs> 
it's uh it's uh <laughs> yeah i'll leave it to the architects to explain exactly what that is but <laughs> but um essentially it, it wasn't good it was in disrepair the acoustics were bad the, the seating was bad very similar to what the johnny mercer is currently the current state of the johnny mercer theater in the civic center um so what they decided to do, instead of tearing it down, instead of rebuilding it, they had this building just nestled right in the heart of Charleston. Theirs is like even more in the even more prime space. It would be like, I don't know, I was trying to Charleston's shaped very differently from Savannah, but they still have that old city block layout. Um, it would, based on what I know about Charleston, it would essentially be like if the Johnny Mercer were in Johnson Square or okay. like or at like the north end of Forsyth Park. It is just right in the middle of everything beautiful historic downtown homes the tree canopy everything it's a walking distance from uh meeting street king street all of the big charleston roads the popular uh commercial areas and eating things it's great great location essentially so they're like we need we want to build it here but this one's awful it's bad it's and and uh the thing about charleston that differentiates them is that they host the spoleto usa festival which is the u.s the stateside version of a european festival that uh, does classical musicians opera that sort of thing uh, young singers and old uh, it's it's uh, a, a huge thing very big thing and they do it every year and a board member um, martha rivers ingram uh who is a billionaire philanthropist uh, pledged to raise half the money for the renovation of the Charleston's Gay Art Center. So that totaled to $70 million. Now, that wasn't necessarily out of her pocket. She wasn't like $70 million in her checkbook and just handed it to them. She went and raised that money with her other donors, other people on the board of the Spoleto Music Festival because they wanted um, a world-class venue to do this. They, She essentially set forth, like, I will help, but only if we do it, you know, we we spare no expense right everything we will we will do every single thing that we can to make this world class that was like the guiding phrase and man <laughs> when i walked in dude i was like oh yeah okay i get it this is a this is a world class building because you go in and it's it's like this huge lobby the the outside is really in, like not imposing but it's just like this is a site like a cultural site you know like it, it's just these huge columns and everything um uh when we were driving to atlanta i I mentioned that um i sang in uh, college choirs at georgia southern and we went on tour europe one time so i saw a lot of these old beautiful cathedrals these really like uh really acoustically sound spaces and that was like the feeling that i got when i went in there you know this is like uh built to be something that lasts for hundreds of years it's crazy how how beautiful it is and it's all so custom charleston like there's little palmettos hidden in the wallpapers and then there's like uh sweet grass weaving baskets which is um uh gullet tradition from uh the the folks from west africa live in charleston and it's like it's also like the stucco outside is a very specifically curated charleston colored stucco like it's all very precise and charleston and they brought in and I learned a word when I was writing the story and that word was acoustician which is a person who um, is a professional at tuning performance spaces so that unmiked performances sound better um, and it did it was really cool so when I was there they were doing a sound check there was a comedian coming in that night to perform and uh, his team was doing a sound check on stage and uh, the folks who were taking me around took me to you know the, the downstairs seating area and then we went all the way up to like the very back of it where the cheap seats are and i could still like make out the words that they were saying on stage unmiked from like i don't know you know 100 yards away right and it just because of how 
like the wood is turned just so perfectly that when something is set on stage, it bounces in all the right places and it gets to everyone in the auditorium. It it was crazy. Like it's <laughs> like I I don't know. You, you hear city people speak in hyperbole a lot, you know, but. Joe Riley wasn't kidding when he said we were doing we're going to make this world class because it is it, it really is world class it was expensive it cost pretty much as much as the arena did um, right. like just the the renovation alone not even building it from the ground up like we did the arena but uh, it is a landmark performance space like when they like everything they say about it <laughs> I checked it it's it's true it's pretty cool um, but and it's not just performance space either right they also uh, incorporated some other civic uses. That's true. There's uh, when you go in um, to it, it's like uh, the the lobby is right here in front of you, and then to the left and the right are three stories of city office space, and it's also very nice. You know, it's fancy and uh, new and shiny still. You know, they take pretty good care of it, um, and uh, yeah, and and they have when they rebuilt it, they also wanted to focus on the accessibility of the arts and they talked a lot about how they're doing children's programs bringing in kids more often and uh the the funding that they raise through hosting events um and and through donors and and, and their typical money raising ways uh that goes into funding these free trips and educational things for students and it's 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 kind of crazy they do like artist workshops where if students are coming to see something during to, to see a performance at the gayard center then they send artists beforehand to like prep the students to give them context for what they're looking at and like these are all programs that are just done not by the city necessarily but by the well i guess through the city because it's a city-owned property but um and but it's the gayard it's it's their money that they're raising towards these educational programs so it's like the the balance of it. The the it's a really delicate balance between like making a theater that everyone can access and making the people who are giving you money happy enough to give you more money. You know, so it's it's kind of crazy how much just work goes into the maintenance of that. But yeah, I, I thought that was one of the more interesting parts of it. Is just how multifaceted their approach was from the jump, like from the ground up. They built this not explicitly to be a performance space, but to be a world-class performance space and all these other things. My favorite. If you missed any of those Civic Center pieces, it's not too late to read them at savannahnow.com, the online home of the Savannah Morning News. While you are there, please consider supporting local community journalism by becoming a digital subscriber. It's a great deal at just $1 a month for six months. Go to savannahnow.com slash subscribe now and sign up. One more time at savannahnow.com slash subscribe now. My favorite part of a, of a project like this, and as a columnist of, of writing uh, columns about issues that are, if not polarizing, at least uh, will get people talking and debating and, and doing so in a constructive way, is the reaction. And we both have heard uh, some reaction about this, maybe not as much as we hoped, but you probably never get as much as you hoped. But <laughs> I can tell you what I've heard is I've heard, I've had people say, you know, we're never going to have another, if we, if we tear this theater down, we're never going to be able to replace it and keep it. And I've also had other people say, why the heck are we talking about this again? It's going to mean uh, a ton of money for the city. Uh, I mean, at a time when the city is supposed to be focusing its its efforts on, on building out the canal district, so why are we thinking about taking on a public Brooks progress, uh, project? So 
that's some of the reaction I've heard. What what have you what have you heard? What's interesting is like most of the stuff I heard has uh, kind of echoed what I found the issues with both sides of the argument to be. Right, like yes, keeping the civic center and renovating it and making it into this world class thing. It sounds cool, right? And it would be a nice thing to have in Savannah. You know, like we've got some bespoke little uh, aesthetic traditions that we could incorporate. We could put little Oglethorpe plan. Uh, little squares details in the wallpaper, you know, <laughs> like Charleston's got their palmettos. But like, you, you know, it's like, uh, but it's expensive, right? Like it's going to be expensive. And that's what I've heard people, people see, which I'm really happy about because that is, that's the truth, right? Like this, this kind of work does not just appear and it would be more profitable for the city to, it would be more financially profitable for the city to say, hey, let's tear it down, let's sell off this land, let's put the square back, restore the Oglethorpe plan, you know, we can sell this off to mixed-use developers and they can make, you know, fake bodegas or whatever they want uh, in right there, right? It's That's that's the other option, right? And that comes at the cost. The cost for that option is you lose this mid-sized performance space, you lose all the history that's there, like Elvis performed in the Johnny Mercer. Like, there's pictures of so many people on these stories, just very famous artists, Willie Nelson, you know, everybody. And it's, you do lose that. That's And that's kind of the part of it, because you're right, if they tear it down, you know, like, you know, roll the dice. Who's going to grab that? It's going to be SCAD. It's going to be everybody. Everybody's going to be clamoring for that because that's prime real estate. And it would only bring in, I say only, cause, but it's still a lot of money, um, it, around a projected 15 to 18 or 13 to 18 million dollars for the city. Uh, and that's with um, selling it all off to a high bidder. And keep in mind, these were estimates that were made um, in 2018, 2019 yeah. when they were doing the right. study. So those numbers are going to change just because of inflation. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like uh, the cost of it essentially is yes, we can keep the Mercer, and, but we have to renovate it because it's bad, and that renovation is going to cost a lot of money. Or we can tear down the Mercer, and we lose that cultural site, and we essentially sell off a part of the old Thorpe plan to the highest bidder. Do you want that? I don't know. It's it, but what's interesting about it is there's no like political sides to it. I don't know. Right. I've been covering this no legislature. Yeah. <laughs> I've been covering this legislature so much that there's like. I don't know. It's nice that there's one where it's not a Democratic or a uh, or a Republican answer. It's it's been pretty entertaining to have legit civic discussion on something that doesn't have these clear, hard and fast sides where people are, you know, like you might find yourself on with agreeing with someone on this that you might disagree with on something else. And I think that's cool. I think that's neat. And, and let me let me hammer home some journalism here. And that's the point of local journalism, man. Like. Like that is the that is the core of it. That is the core of it because, you know, uh, the national news ain't talking about the civic center. National news ain't talking about all that. That's in your hometown, and I don't know. Just let me proselytize a little bit, I guess. But you know, <laughs> nobody's ta- nobody's talking about this like we are, and I, I say that with confidence. You know, even like city people at this point, because it's coming up in like what April at a workshop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that, that's a great segue to the to the last point I wanted to talk about, and that's the next steps. Uh, of course, the city, as we were poking around at this, it was made clear to us that this is on the city's uh, radar, as it should be. Is The city extended the operating agreement for the Civic Center, which was supposed to fire that M Market Arena open. The Civic Center was to close. Obviously, you, you build a contract with a management company to run the arena as they don't want to compete. Uh, with another building, even if they're managing both buildings. 
However, because of this debate and because of, quite frankly, I think the uncertainty around when the arena was going to be ready, they went ahead and said, we're going to extend that for three months beyond the opening date of the arena, which, of course, gives them some flexibility to book in some events at, at Johnny Mercer while they were still trying to figure out when the arena was going to open. Long story, the operating agreement now goes through May. So they have until May to really kind of jumpstart this We've been told that the city is going to have some kind of workshop with city council, which means the city staff is already working on what these options and alternatives and other uh, potential for the site is uh, so that they can present it in April. And then, of course, as you noted in your story, we have a, an alderman who is, if he's not championing champion preservation of the Mercer Theater, he yep. is championing opening up the discussion again. Yes. And I believe the mayor, who, again, voted in 2018 to demolish the site is also involved in trying to re-spark that conversation and then really take a second look at what should go on there so as you look at next steps and you look at april what are you most what are, what are you most looking forward to hearing them talk about i'm not looking forward to them talk about it at all i could care less what council has to say until the vote comes up <laughs> Who I want to hear from are people in the community, man. Like I want to see, like I want, like that is that is what I hope comes from this story. You know, like I'm not trying to sway council. I'm not trying to do anything like that. I want to tell people what the situation is, and then I want them to be vocal about it. Like if you don't know about the Civic Center and you read about this, my hope is that you're like, hey, I I want the Johnny Mercer to stay, or you know, like be involved with it. Like speak out, talk to your representatives, call your call your city council people. They are not hard to get in touch with. They are they are human beings. You know. Um, so like that, that's what I'm hoping. And what I'm really excited about to hear is, you know, how the community feels about this, right? Like, uh, you, you know, uh, city council people are just regular old people, but you know, there, there's, there's nine of them, right? <laughs> right. Uh, right. And this is a decision that will affect so many more people than, than, than just that. And I don't know, that's what I want. I want to hear what people in the community have to say. I want to hear the opinions that they have to give, um, and hey, like if you feel really strongly about it, write us a letter to the editor. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. There's going to be some meetings because that's, you know, they're going to workshop this in April and, and they're going to discuss and I would imagine down to two or three plans. And then they're going to take it to the community to get feedback and, and have some stakeholder discussions. And you're right. What's going to come out of those discussions is really going to be the most interesting part of this because at the end of the day, you're going to have a vote. And, and they're going to go forward, but the community, I think, is really going to have a chance to shape it this time, uh, which I, it, you know, not to reopen a, a can of worms, but I think in 2018, that flaw was that it was kind of the Urban Land Institute handed us this plan and good plan, go for it. And there wasn't enough community discussion, and I think we're going to get that this time. So, yeah, I agree with you. And here's the thing I, I fully expect. I don't know, maybe not fully, but I could see there being some other study done, right? Like I could see them going back and and, and right. reaching an impasse on this and, and saying, hey, we need to take another look at it. We need to see if if things have changed since then. Uh, you know, like 2018, uh, it's a different time, right? Different time, maybe, maybe I, I don't know. I don't know much about how that whole process works, how city civic studies and recommendations from these groups go necessarily, but, um, that but again that's going to cost money right it's going it, to the longer the process goes on the more money it's going to cost uh so 
that'll be the interesting question and uh, what it like it, the value of like I, in one of the stories I think I have the question what is the value of the Civic Center of the Johnny Mercer Theater and they're gonna have to put a price tag on it eventually you know like there will be a, a high price tag for it so it'll be interesting to see um, how this council handles that so well, I can see. guarantee you unlike the arena 20 years so We'll have, it, we'll have some resolution here within maybe at least the first decade. But, Will, thanks for, for taking the time to talk about uh, Civic Center Future. It's always, uh, always good to hear your insights and give everybody a little bit of a peek behind the curtain. And we'll give everybody a tease. Our next peek behind the curtain of a, of a major uh, public project like this is going to be Forsyth Park. Oh, yeah. It's on the pike here in, uh, in the next couple of weeks, in the next month or so. So stay tuned for that piece of that and to, to maybe have another discussion like this about the future of Forsyth Park and the Forsyth Park master plan. So that's the tease. Well, thanks again for taking the time. And, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. That's all for the Thursday Commute Podcast. Thanks again to our presenting sponsor, National Office Systems. For more interviews with local newsmakers, check out the Commute archives by searching The Commute with that Savannah opinion. The Commute returns next Tuesday. Thank you one more time for listening. Have a good weekend.